Welcome to Scrollin', a podcast about the Elder Scrolls Online. I'm Ket. I'm Davius. This is episode number 30. Um, all right, so I just have one quick announcement, uh, and it's about your Mundus Stones. If you haven't heard since this last patch dropped, um, there's a good chance that your character's Mundus Stones have just disappeared uh, from their stat screen, so you need to go and reapply that Mundus Stone. Uh, it's not on, probably not on every single character, but it seems to be like about half of mine have just totally lost their Mundus Stones, and I only realized it like after I'd already been playing with them for a while, you know, um, and just not even really realizing that they're weaker than they normally are. So be sure and check that out if you haven't already. Check your character's uh, stat screen, scroll down and see if you have a Mundus Stone, and if not, go get that Mundus Stone. That's that's how I found out too. I'd done some battlegrounds, and then I was like, "Man, it's just not going well today." And yeah, then, and like, then my sustain like, <laughs> is like really bad. After like three of them, I had looked, and I was like, "Wait a minute, something's not right." Yeah. Um. So be sure and check that out. Um. This week on the gold vendor. So we're actually recording on um on a Saturday this week, just because our our schedules are such that that's what we had to do this week. Uh, and the upside of that is we can talk about the gold vendor again. So that's gotta, exciting. You, you have to pause for the roarous Everybody, applause. Oh, thank and goodness! Screaming. No, gold the vendor's gold back. back. Yeah. I, I just I love hearing about last weekend's gold vendor so much. Uh, um, so this week on the gold vendor, we have necklace of the essence thief, uh, jailbreaker necklace, Sithis necklace. Uh, Necklace of the Night Mother, that's Night Mother's Embrace, not Night Mother's Gaze. Uh, and then Slime Cross Shoulders, Mighty Chudan Shoulders. Pretty good week. Oh, yeah, pretty good week. Any of those uh, standing out to you in particular? Um, I'll probably grab a Mighty Chudan Shoulders just because... May as well. Any, yeah, anytime there's a, a good shoulder, like a, a good monster set shoulder on the Gold Vendor, I always grab that because... You know this better than most. I have the worst luck with keys. Oh yeah, man. You you ever. you have terrible RNG luck with those Ugh. undaunted keys, man. It's terrible. I'll go through I'll go through 50 keys just to get try to get the shoulder I want. So, I'll I'll probably grab Mighty Chain and shoulders just cuz it's a lot easier that way. Of course, I I'm always a big fan of Mighty Chudan. I think I'll probably not pick that up just because I already have quite a bit of that cuz I have it on multiple <laughs> characters. Uh, but an awesome set, definitely. If you don't have it already, um, definitely one worth at least having in your inventory. It's a great set for um, someone who's kind of lazy and doesn't want to keep up with a lot of buffs. Uh, or if you just are playing a build that has a ton of stuff that you're trying to keep up with already, this can help alleviate that a little bit. Don't you have uh, Don't you have Chudan on your um, macro healer? That's yep. got all this stuff going on? Yeah. yeah I think macro... that's like the perfect definition of a build that that uses judan to the max right there yeah that's a build that it already even with judan it already feels kind of out of control with all the buffs and debuffs and, and heals over times and everything i'm trying to and the and the crowd control and everything i'm trying to just manage all the time uh, so that's just like one less thing on my mind that i have to think about and i think if i i was having to think about my armor buff during all of that it would just be like one too many things and my mind just wouldn't be able to handle it all um, so yeah, it's really nice for that. Yep. Uh, Essence Thief, the Necklace of the Essence Thief, that's a repeat this week. That was on just not too long ago. Um, and it was a necklace the last time as well. 
Uh, really good set. This one uh, is the one. It's a five-piece stamina set. Uh, when you deal damage with a light or heavy attack, you draw essence from the enemy that pulls near them for five seconds. Uh, and then drawing from the pool, basically if your character touches the pool, um, you heal for 4356 health and restore 4356 stamina. Uh, and increase your damage done by 10% for 10 seconds. So, And that can happen every 10 seconds. Really, really strong set. Very good uh, damage set and sustain set, uh, which is pretty rare that you get both of those in one set. Basically the same exact thing we said about it last time, but for yeah. sure... Just a lot packed into that set. Yeah, there's a lot going on there. The one kind of thing is you really have to be melee or in melee range to, to benefit from it. Yeah, otherwise you're going to miss that pool. Yeah. Um, so let's move on and talk about what we've been doing this week in the Elder Scrolls Online. Davius, why don't you kick us off, man? What have you been up to? So um, changes to my... I, I, I guess... He was originally my vampire character, the never end ignored. Uh he's he's just not that at all anymore. So, you know, we talked about it in, in uh previous episodes. Uh I cured his vampirism, uh just yep. because vampires are what they are. Um <laughs> this week I actually switched him over to his stamina. So he's not even a magicka character anymore. So he became wow. my second stam crow. Uh, That's not surprising. Do you have? You, let's see. You have a stamina, or you have a magicka templar. Is that it? Is that That's all magicka? That's and you know the funniest thing is that my original main. I started magicka, and mm -hmm. then um, with other characters I made, I planned for them to be magicka, and I've just switched them all to stamina. I wonder if it is somewhat related to your insistence of using <laughs> only Nords, a stamina race. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Um, but, uh, so switched him to stamina, you know, really kind of what happened is it was kind of an on the fly thing. We were talking about, you know, we were just theory crafting, uh, in last week's episode, um, we were talking about, you know, uh, a five piece beekeeper would be cool with troll King. Uh, and mm -hmm. then I was talking about the sword dancer. And so it just kind of clicked, um, like the next day after the, after the podcast, I was like, well, you know what? I really liked how those sounded. And so uh, that's what I've done. I've switched him to stamina. He's a uh, dual wield uh, on the front bar, two-handed on the back bar. And it's a five-piece beekeeper, uh, which is the uh, health recovery. Uh, it's max health uh, for all of it. And then the, the five-piece is the uh, massive, I think it's like 900 health recovery buff. Uh, yeah. And then five piece sword dancer, which is just increases your damage for the dual wield abilities uh, by six hundred, uh, and then two piece troll king, which is uh, more health recovery when you do a heal. Uh, so what? I, uh, let's see. What's the spammable that you're going to use on that build? So I have rapid strikes. Um, so his front bar is rapid strikes, uh, camouflage hunter, blast bones. Uh, and then uh, whirlwind. Um, I'm curious if um, if you if you were to use the morph of rapid strikes that heals, if it would still be a decent amount of damage, and it would also be a decent heal because you have that 600 yeah uh, buff coming to it. Uh, I'd be curious about that. So I've I've I, I still have a lot of work to do with it. I haven't golded out the build yet, but I did farm all the pieces and I did do all of the uh, farming uh, for my character to. To get to level up his uh, weapon abilities, um, so I've done, I've done the farming part of it. Now I just kind of have to start tinkering with the final piece to the build. Um, mm -hmm. 
I, it, it's going to be tricky because getting the max stats right is going to be... Uh, I'm going to have to do some finessing just because be, uh, Beekeeper gives all max health. Yeah. Uh, and uh, the way I have it set up right now is he's in uh, five heavy, two medium. Um, so you have a lot of health. <laughs> I've got a lot of health right now. So I've <laughs> yeah. got to find a way to get uh, to get other max stats because the health is just fine. I think. Yeah, you might just want to go all stamina glyphs instead of tri stats. Yeah, that's. I'm, I've been contemplating that just because it's there's so much health and the real the reason i went five heavy is because i ideally i would like this to be a medium armor build but um you know sword dancer is the dual wield set and so the weapons only come in one-handed weapons uh and i really wanted to have a back bar two-handed so i could get rally on the back bar uh, uh-huh. just because the dual wield uh weapon buff is not well not what great. if uh is there some like back bar setup that would work like you like your um sword dancer you you only are going to need it on your front bar right so maybe you could get like a potentates or just some other thing for your back bar yeah well so i originally i really wanted the um the dual wield arena weapon uh, on him i feel like it makes sense since you know i'm kind of going all in on dual wield uh which one the maelstrom or the master the the Black Rose Prison one, the BRP one. That, oh, oh uh, yeah, okay. The six percent damage mitigation, and then the six percent more damage. Yeah. Uh, when you're using the. Uh, uh, blade cloak. Blade cloak, yes. Thank yeah. you. Uh, but that one would make sense uh, on him, just because he's doing. You know, I'm already using blade cloak. The uh, I have that on my front bar right now. Um, I don't know. Uh, that's that's you actually bring up some good points. I might have to tinker with it, but. Uh, yeah, it's still in early early stages of yeah. theory crafting. Yeah. Yeah. But I the the idea of it will be is that uh that six hundred weapon damage buff from sword dancer should be I'm hoping that'll be enough damage just with the one set. Uh and then every other you know, Troll King and Beekeeper is just health recovery. I think right now I haven't golded anything out and I haven't messed the stats around and I think I'm around like eighteen hundred health recovery. So um and that's without Troll King procced, so it's pretty... So you have two Stamina Necromancers now. I know, what's happening to me? <laughs> uh, I, did, I, did, I am going to use Blast Bones. Yeah, you okay. know, I'm a little, I'm a little uh, be, you know, begrudgingly using Blast Bones, I'll put it that way. <laughs> but uh, I'm going to do it it's just too, because... It's too good not to use now. Man, it really is. Uh, speaking of Stam Crows, on my other Stam Crow, I've been doing... Um, a bunch of battlegrounds this week with him and that man throwing blast ones on that build has really taken him to the next level i <laughs> yeah. regret to admit that but he that guy hits hard and that blast bones just makes him hit so much harder it's oppressive man it, it the the ability itself hits so hard and it gives major defile guaranteed and can possibly give minor defile it's like it hits so hard and it's so difficult to recover from man it's it's brutal i it will be nerfed one day for sure. Yeah, it's it's got to be. Um, but yeah, it, it, my other Stamco in Battlegrounds, he's the one that has the uh, the 13k tooltip dizzy swing, and so throwing yeah. a blast bones and then just hitting him, someone with that is just it is very oppressive. Um, but yeah, I guess I'm gonna have two Stamcrows now. I don't know. I didn't even really mean to. Um, I just I feel like Never Ending Nord. He's too good of a name to just let him sit 
you know, because I was going to just switch them to a PvE DPS build. Uh, but then I realized, you know, most of the time I'm doing PvE, I'm going to be tanking uh, almost the entire time. I wonder why not just make a mag crow out of him. Like, he already was a mag crow. Just cure his vampirism, be a mag crow. Yeah, I could. I just, I really like the idea of this health recovery build. Um, I think he's going to be uh, extremely tanky. I've, I've, I haven't really done a battleground with it, but I have, you know, kind of tested it in um, uh, other areas and things like that. And it, that much health recovery is insane. Uh, so it's it is pretty cool how tanky he is. I don't know. I got I have to play with some things, but I I think I'm going to be pretty excited about that build. Um, cool. And it 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 appeases my need to use Sword Dancer. I've wanted to use that set for so long now. You have um, to use. You have to have a build for each one of these sets <laughs> that buffs like a specific damage this, type. This is the last one. This is the last <laughs> one for sure. Uh, okay. No, no more, no more of these sets dedicated to it. Um, but this was, I've wanted to use Sword Dancer for even before these sets got the buff. I've just, I really liked Sword Singer and Sword Dancer, the idea of the sets. Um, so I finally did it, found a build. We'll see how it goes. Uh, like I said, need a lot of work on it, but uh, um, it took, uh, I actually manually farmed the beekeeper pieces. So. That was a new experience. I went yeah, that's, to the that's zone. commendable, man. That's one you can just straight up go buy that from a guild trader, and you actually farmed it. I went to the zone, farmed all the pieces I need from the zone, uh, did it the old-fashioned way. Bravo, um, sir. <laughs> uh, the other thing I've been doing is I uh, am very, very, very close to finishing my Stamplar. Um okay. This one is the one that has five-piece uh, Briarheart, uh, five-piece Seventh Legion, and then I took the Ring of the Wild Hunt off the Stamplar, and I put the Selene monster set on there. Mm-hmm. Um, the Selene monster set with jabs is like, I don't know, that seems like such a great uh, combination. They pair very nicely. Yeah, like same range, and, and it just it just works really nice. Um and I've I've tested it out. It it actually works really good. All I have left to do on this build is just do tristat glyphs, but I've already golded everything out. Um, the damage is very nice. I was actually really surprised uh, by how much damage it came to. This is the one that I. It's very crit focused. Um, I have around sixty percent crit with CP, and in battlegrounds I have around fifty percent crit. Um, and man, the damage on this one works out very nice um the yeah. only my only hang up with this uh and you'll understand this is that the build works and it's really good but seventh legion i don't know to me it's just i don't want to say it's a boring set but i'm just not excited about that set on this build and so yeah. i've i've searched for like all right what could i replace seventh legion with and i just can't find anything that works with as well as it because it's a great damage buff it gives you health recovery uh with the healing from buyer heart works really nice mm-hmm. um so i i think i'm probably just going to stick with the seventh legion but for some reason uh that specific set is not really exciting me i mean maybe you need to put that on your never-ending nord health recovery build because seventh legion gives you health That's recovery true. as well as the damage 
and then give isn't your stamplar dual wield so well yeah. so you're using jabs though yeah so maybe I, I like something like that. uh what's that ability um what's that set that buffs your damage over time and channeled abilities deadly strikes deadly strikes yeah i thought about doing the um the dual wield build with my stamplar but i feel like it's like can't not use jabs gotta use jabs gotta Come use on. jabs yeah uh so that's how i ended up turning never ending nord into stamina um cool i i i keep telling myself one day i'll make another magicka character i still have after our, after i get my werewolf which i actually am about to talk about him in a second i have one character slot left and that will for sure be a magicka character i don't know if it'll be a mag warden a mag dk uh, I think that's... one of those two right there, Mag Warden or Mag DK. If I were to guess, just knowing you, I think you would enjoy one of those two quite a bit. That's that's my like that's my final choices right now. It's either a Mag Warden or a Mag DK. Uh, haven't finalized it yet, but mm-hmm. I will I will make another Magicka character someday. Cool. Um, but uh, so speaking of Werewolf, I feel like I have said this the past several episodes. I swear. I will build this werewolf. It is coming. <laughs> it is happening. I still right. haven't done it. I keep getting sidetracked. Um, but uh, I I have completely final let out. You know, last week we had uh, uh, I had asked um, what everybody thought I should do for the build after thousands of responses and emails and comments. <laughs> thousands. I mean, they just flooded yeah. us. Which is crazy. Uh, we only get like sixty or so downloads, so it's. I mean, weird. It, really, it was really shocking the <laughs> the the feedback. Uh, but uh, I am gonna. So it's the five piece Arcas uh, uh, genius. Is that how we decided to say that? It's possessive, so it's Arcasus's genius. Arcasus's genius. That's a lot of s's. There's a lot of s's in that set. Um, uh, so Arcasis's genius, five piece Craglin's howl, and then I'm just gonna do uh, the Ring of the Wild Hunt because that on a werewolf looks so much fun. Got uh, it. And then I'm gonna throw a Ring of the Trainee on there. Heck uh, yeah! Finish it off. Um, so it's gonna be that's gonna be the werewolf support ultimate build. Sweet. <laughs> I'm excited to see this dude. It's gonna be wacky and crazy and fun. It's gonna just be like interesting. A, just just like a Davius build. Yeah, you know, it really always, is. They're it's always be a little the, out there. It's going to be the werewolf version of the Davius build, I think, because I'm not. It's not really going to do a whole lot of damage. I think it'll be. I think I can make it where it's going to be pretty tanky, uh, but it's going to depend on the other werewolves uh, for it to be effective. But I think it's really going to help. Uh, really, it doesn't even have to be other werewolves with it. Anybody that's in a group with this build, I think, is going to benefit. Uh, pretty greatly from it so. oh yeah totally yeah everyone benefits from just getting more ultimate yeah sure. so it, it'll be fun i obviously i have uh limited expectations for it because you know i may put it together and it may not even provide that much ultimate but uh if it works as well as i think it's going to uh you know people in the group's ultimate should just be going nuts uh when this is in the group so sweet um and then uh, we had Goon Night last night. That's right. Another advantage to recording on Saturday instead of yeah. uh, Friday is we can talk about Goon Night. We we had a pretty good Goon Night last night. Uh, Grizz, Grizzly Khan, shout, shout out. Shout out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he joined, uh, you know, last night for Goon Night. Uh, it was a pretty good one. You know, the Imperial City, uh, as you know, the Imperial City, um, 
event, event is, is going happening. on. Mm-hmm. Um, it is. It's a busy Imperial City. It sure is happening right now. It and is for sure. There's a. There are a few players out there. You might couple. say. <laughs> uh, I was talking to you about this, but it, it's interesting to me that this event really. You know, there's been events in the past, obviously, but this one really secured it for me. An Imperial City event. What it what it does for me, in my opinion, is the lower sewers are much much more fun in an event it gets exciting down there there's people all over the place so much more fights down in the sewers uh it's a fun place to fight just because there's so many little nooks and crannies and small corridors uh you can get some really cool fights down there uh for the top uh the fun goes way down because (laughs) it there are just 50 player zergs going in a circle uh around the city and if you don't join up in one of those massive zergs. You will be steamrolled. Absolutely flattened. No matter how godlike you are, yeah. man. Like it doesn't matter. It, it, it's zergs like I've never seen before. Last night, yeah. dude. Uh, and it's it's even when you're in one and it's like zerg versus zerg. It's like it's like casting a vote in a national election. You know, it's like <laughs> am I even having any kind of effect in this thing? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's uh, just. Yeah, it, I mean, the most fun we had last night, I feel like, was... And we, we hopped on multiple characters. But when we actually started having the most fun, I think, at least up top anyways, we all hopped on uh, support healing characters. And yeah, we just we were healing like crazy. We just went up top and just were dropping crazy heals. Yeah, that's uh, and we've done that in past uh, Imperial City events. I feel like maybe that's just going to end up being our thing. Like, during <laughs> events... Like, all right, there's too many Zergs up here. We can't do anything with just our little two or three man situation. So let's just get our healer supports, load up on a bunch of CC <laughs> and just go see how many people we control and for how long. Uh, we had a fairly good amount of success with that, uh, yeah. too. Just depended on the group, man. There, were, Like, there were some Zergs that were just kind of like typical Zergs, like a lot of, like, just a bunch of fairly le- lesser experienced players. Yep. But then there were these other kind of Zergs <laughs> uh, where it's like 50 players and like 10 of them are five-star generals, you know, yeah. uh, and they're just vicious and aggressive and very, no, one's, no one's surviving that. Yeah, very strategic in their attacks and, and you know, it's it's quite a sight to see when you see 20 players all alt dump in unison. Yeah. It's, it's, there's just nothing you can do. It's a uh, it's wild. Like when these events aren't going on, when when a zerg happens, it's you can usually just assume okay, it's probably just a bunch of like random players that have bumped into each other, grouped up, and they're just kind of running around. Uh, but man, when they're actually coordinated, like you can tell, like they're probably on comms, like uh, a very strategic, organized thing. Man, it's uh, nothing we could do. Nothing we could do at all. Um, yeah. Even even. Like when we were on the on our healers and we were just healing, even then, like against those groups, it was it was like we could hang on for maybe a little bit, but not for that long. Yeah, it was yeah, and and that's that's pretty much topside Imperial City right now. Yeah, but you're right about the sewers, man. Uh, like it's kind of the opposite from normal times. Like when the event isn't going on, it's like sewers are just straight PVE most of the yeah. time. You might run into like one or two low level players now and then, and they like die immediately. Yeah. Um, 
So actually, like when the event's going on, you actually have like a good amount of players in the sewers, but usually not like so many that you're overwhelmed. It's like a good amount of action down there. Uh, we had some good fights. Like there were some, uh, some like maybe groups of like maybe five to ten enemies who were like right outside of our uh, base. And we had some really good fights going on there for a while. Uh, some good, uh, some really good players that we were up against too. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, a well-known streamer, I, guess, I won't say their name, but there's a well-known streamer and and their crew uh, right outside of our uh, base. And we were basically just banging our heads up against them over and over and over <laughs> again. And I think they were ultimately victorious in the end, but it was fun just to see them, just to see their uh, mastery of this game. You know, like yeah. we thought we had them at a certain point, like they were like, we for sure had them, but then miraculously somehow they pulled it out. Yep, they came back and slowly overcame us. But you know, like you said, it was still a lot of fun because they were really good fights. Like it was, it was a, it was a good, it was a good long, long fight, which is that doesn't happen very often down in the sewers. Yeah, and like you run down to the center to to fight Mo- Molog Ball, and you can basically be guaranteed there's going to be some other enemies and some friendlies and other people to run into down there, and it's going to be a good time. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, man, Imperial City is just awesome. It's a great place. Um, yeah, I would say during this event, especially if you don't do a ton of PvP normally, um, maybe just hang out in the sewers. Because, um, I don't know. Yeah, like you said, Davius, the, the top, it's it's hard to find fun up there. You're either outnumbered and getting flattened every two seconds, or you're in a Zerg, and you can't really even tell that you're making any kind of difference whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, so that, in the, in the sewers, those things are not so much the case, uh, and it's pretty fun. I feel like that it was really summed up well. We were up top, and one of the said Zergs was, it was me, you, and Grizz. Uh, and we all, we were running from a Zerg of, I don't know, looked like probably 50 players. And so we ran into a building, and I think there was just the three of us in this, in one of the buildings. And in actuality... 50 players ran into the little smaller building to kill chased, us. Yeah, they chased all us across the entire district. And yeah, they were just all so ravenously thirsty. Yeah, just, I mean, just watching that many players in that little tiny room to come and take out three people. It was like, this is, this is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. No honor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Oh yeah, that was that was good night pretty much. Um, just uh, a lot of Zerg stuff. The sewer, the sewers times, the, the sewer fights were really fun. Yeah, overall, I think it was a really fun night. The the sewers was a lot of fun, and then even the healing, the 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 running the support builds up top with the healing was really really fun until yeah. Uh, there was a couple, like you said, a couple of those Zergs, they weren't having it, but overall, it was it was a lot of fun. For sure. Um. So that was good night. I'll talk about what I've been up to this week. Uh, aside from that, this week has basically been Warden Week for me. I've been playing a lot with my Stamina Warden and my Magic Warden. Um, and these builds are cool because they're very similar to each other. You know, Even though one's a Stam build and one's a Mag build, they, they fulfill certain functions. They're both kind of this hybrid of, uh, of being a healer uh, and an offensive uh, build as well. So I know what you're thinking. Wait a minute. Stam and a healer. What are you talking about? Um, well, Davis, as you know, uh, the Stam and Warden actually has a really, really good toolkit uh, for being a healer. Maybe yeah. not quite as powerful as a as a Magicka healer. Um, but, uh, you know, I think my Stamina Warden, 
you know, they're both kind of this, they, they do both things, but I think my stamina warden leans a little bit more on the offensive side of things. And my magic warden leans a little bit more on the healing side of things. They both can do both, but they kind of just lean in different directions. Um, so he actually has a pretty good amount of damage um, and surprisingly an effective healer. Uh, so his uh, his setup right now is Powerful Assault, uh, Hercenes, and Troll King. Uh, powerful Assault, basically whenever I cast a Vigor, it gives my teammates like a 300-something damage buff. It's really nice. It was just buffed this patch. Uh, Hercenes was also just changed, so it gives everyone uh, in my group um, extra stamina recovery. It's really nice like because both stamina and magicka specs can benefit from that. It's really, really nice. Um, I'm, there's room in this build for an arena weapon, and I don't know what I'm going to do right now, but he's a, he uses a bow on the front bar and just a two-hander on the back bar, on, his, on the healing bar. Um, and so on that back bar, I don't need to have, um, or on the front bar, I mean, I don't need to have Powerful Assault uh, active because the only Powerful Assault just activates when I hit Vigor, which is just on my back bar, so it doesn't do anything on my front bar. So I can maybe put a Master Bow or a Black Rose Prison Bow or something, some other kind of special bow on the front bar and, and get a little extra out of that and not really lose out on anything. I just got to figure yeah. that out. Um, but it's a cool build. It's really fun to have this, like, he's a, he's a Wood Elf, roly-poly with a bow, fully speed-capped, uh, and he's a pretty powerful healer. Uh, you know, they, uh, the Wardens have that that Mushroom um spammable heal um there's a magicka and a stamina morph of that so of course he's using the stamina morph he's using the friendly vigor that you can splash your allies with um he has uh he's using the blood altar that it costs health to summon it but then it applies a uh, minor life steal to all enemies in like a 28 meter area like pretty huge area good night um so yeah um i've been complimented uh at least a handful of times or yeah at least twice that I can think of right now, like when a BG is over, uh, they'll say sweet heals. Thanks. You know, and I'll look, I'll look at all the numbers at the end and it was, I was the only one healing, you know, so you're welcome. I love this build just because it's so outside the box. It's you say, all right, you know, I'm the stamina healer. And everybody's like, no, 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 that goes against, that's too against the grain. It's yeah. like this outspoken, like, but it, it does work. Uh, you know, I've been, I've even, um, been on some, you know, non-dlc veteran dungeons where this guy will hop in as the healer and heals great like yeah uh, it totally he, works and he, i love the flexibility too because he actually does decent damage too like on a target dummy he, he does a consistent like 30k dps you know which yeah. i know that's a pve metric but you know that's that's a lot of damage and he, his combo hits fairly hard and i i like how it can be flexible like that and uh he kind of has this ranger kind of play style because he's a bow build he's medium armor and he's a wood elf uh, but he's kind of a brawler. He has to be up close to to really do stuff. Uh, and yeah, he can flip to the back bar, totally be a healer, flip to the front bar, and have a pretty aggressive offense. Um, it's pretty fun. I like it a lot. Uh, it's probably, you know, I've been I've been working on my uh, Stamina Necromancer a lot here lately, and we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, but probably once I'm all done with that, this will probably be the guy that I'm spending a lot of time with, and we'll probably do my next uh, feature over and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I feel like you've perfectly uh, created the warden class with these two characters, with your your mag warden and your stam warden. It's just they're both, you know, the warden toolkit really kind of has a little bit of everything. We always talk about that. It's got great heals, great damage, 
Uh, and I love how you've built it where, you know, the mag one is a lot of heals with sufficient damage. And then this one is sufficient heals with a lot of damage. Yeah. Uh, I feel like you really just kind of mastered the whole kit there. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's, I mean, that's kind of how I think of the warden is they are, they are this jack of all trades sort of thing. Uh, so I, I wanted to make their builds so that they, they do kind of bring all of their, all of the things that they can bring to the table are there. Um, so yeah, the, the Magden as well, I've been spending a lot of time with this build. Uh, and this is one I've, I've changed up a little bit recently. So now what she's wearing is a Hedy's Hearth, a Curse Eater, a Mighty Chudan, and a Master Fire Staff on the front bar. Um, this, this set works up, uh, works out really, really well. We, I was running this in Imperial City last night for a little while. The heals are very strong. Uh, having that Curse Eater... Uh, along with the Warden's Netch uh, that also provides an automatic cleanse every five seconds. Basically, we're getting cleansed constantly. Uh, like I, I was even asking you guys last night, like, have you noticed Venomous <laughs> Smite being applied to you at all? And uh, I think you guys, you, you, got, you got it a couple of times, but man, I was seriously on myself. I don't remember ever getting Venomous Smite applied to me at all. I think it was just getting cleansed off before I could ever even notice it. Uh, so that's pretty cool. I think that build's probably locked in. Having the master fire staff on the front bar, I, I think, was the the last little cherry on top that this build uh, needed. You know, I was just saying this this build compared to the Stamden kind of leads leans more towards being a healer, um, but with this master staff on the front bar, she actually has quite a bit more damage than she did before. Not quite as much as the Stamden. It's still, I think, what I said before is still true, but. It gives her that little extra bite that makes her actually a pretty, quite a bit of a threat, especially once people realize that she's the healer and they start trying to focus her. Like, well, she, she can flip the offense on and uh, it's actually, you know, you need to pay attention because you could, you could actually find yourself dead if you're, if you think I'm just a healer, you know? Yeah. I, I, I remember just you playing last night saying how well that master uh, fire staff was working. Remind me again what the, what the master uh, fire staff does. It's uh, it reduces the cost of uh, flame clench and uh, and then when you hit someone with flame clench it gives you like an extra six hundred uh, spell damage for four seconds. Yeah, that's uh, a... so it's really nice because it, it works really well for the healing aspect of things too because uh, I hit I can hit somebody with that thing get uh, four seconds of six hundred extra spell damage so then I can cast some heals my heals will be extra juicy for for a few seconds. Yeah, that does that is that's a nice little that's a nice little add in. To that mm -hmm. to that build for sure yeah yeah totally so yeah the other build i've been spending all my time with of course is my stamina necromancer and we're actually going to do a deep dive on this character uh but first we're going to take a break so let's take a fiber and um, we get back we're going to do a build spotlight on my stamina necromancer <music> All right, we're back from break. Let's get into this uh, this build spotlight here. Um, so this is my Stamina Necromancer non-CP PvP build. It's a medium armor bow build. This is a build I've been talking about for several weeks now. I have been having a ton of fun with it. It is absolutely uh, a child of Stonethorn, I would say. Uh, it absolutely um, is taking advantage of the current meta and really thrives in the current meta. Um, so it's a it's a medium armor bow build. It uses a, a bow on the front bar. We're using all ranged attacks, uh, and then the back bar we're using a two hander just for buffs and heals and that kind of stuff. 
I think this is a moderately advanced build, mainly because um, we're using gear that's kind of hard to get a hold of. Uh, one of the five-piece sets comes from a trial, another one of the five-piece sets comes from a DLC dungeon, uh, and we're using a, a, an arena weapon as well. So all around it's a bit of a grind to get a hold of this gear. Um, but I will have an alternate gear selection in the description using gear that's a little bit easier to get a hold of and still gets pretty similar results and has a similar uh, play style. Uh, another reason I think it's kind of an advanced build is that it's uh, very heavily reliant on light attack weaving. Um, a major, major portion of our damage comes from light attack weaving and so um, if, uh, if that's not something that you're very consistent with, maybe something you're still kind of working on, this may not be the best build for you. Um, but if your light attack weaving's down, it's just second nature to you, then the playstyle actually is really, really simple otherwise. Uh, so just keep that in mind. I figured I would go over a few uh, strengths and weaknesses, um, just so you kind of know what to expect from this build. Uh, strengths, uh, number one, we have a lot of damage. That's probably its number one strength, is just a ton of damage. Uh, we are also fully speed capped, so mobility is definitely a, a huge advantage. We have really, really good sustain, uh, and the survivability is actually surprisingly high as well. Um, our weaknesses, I would say the number one weakness is we don't really have any um, anti-stealth tools whatsoever. Um, so if we're dealing with a lot of night blades, we don't really have a way to force them out of stealth. Uh, but if we can catch them out of stealth for just a second, we can usually dispatch them pretty quickly. Um, so that's, that's kind of the one main weakness I would keep in mind. For the race, I'm a Wood Elf, mainly for the Hunter's Eye passive, which is perfect for a bow build where you get extra mobility after using a roll dodge. Uh, for my Munda Stone, I'm using the Serpent for extra stamina recovery. I'm also using uh, Dubious Cameron Throne for my food for extra, for even more stamina recovery. Uh, and for my potions, I'm just using standard Tri-Stat potions. For the stats and the attribute point distribution, as well as all the other details of the build, check out the UESP link in the description. A quick overview of the gear, I'm using 5 pieces Sheer Venom, 5 pieces Poisonous Serpent, the Black Rose Prison Bow, and the Potentate's Two-Handed Weapon on the back bar. Um, all 7 pieces are medium, we basically have no choice, uh, uh, we, can't, we can't really do a 5-1-1 or a 5-2 or anything like that because we're using uh, two 5-piece sets that only come in medium and there's just no room for anything else. Uh, I'm using 3M-Pen and 4 Well-Fitted. Uh, you could invert that, you could do 4M-Pen, 3 Well-Fitted, whatever feels comfortable to you. Uh, I, like, uh, I like running 4 Well-Fitted, I think mobility is especially important in this meta. Um, I, I'm really not trying to tank out much damage at all, so having more critical resistance is less valuable to me than more ability to just stay mobile and stay out of harm's way. Uh, especially with this, this is very much a speedy roly-poly kind of build so you're going to get a lot more out of well-fitted uh, than you are out of m-pen also m-pen was nerfed this patch and well-fitted was buffed this patch so all the more incentive to to use that um and then i'm using tri-stat glyphs all around on all the armor you could totally just use stamina glyphs all around if you want that would be just fine uh, you would just want to uh, adjust your attribute points so that you still have enough health. Uh, you don't really have to worry about Magicka too much. Uh, we don't really rely on Magicka all that much. Uh, but it is nice to have, so if you can afford the Tri-Stats, go ahead and get the Tri-Stats. The Jewelry, I'm using one Robust and two Swift. Uh, and then I'm using uh, Weapon Damage Glyphs on all three of those. So let's dive a little bit deeper into these armor sets, and we'll start with Sheer Venom. This is a very popular set, this patch, because it was massively, massively buffed. Uh, it's very, very strong. It comes from Imperial City Dungeon. 
Uh, you can totally just farm it on normal if you want and just upgrade to pieces uh, as you please. That's what I did. Um, so it gives you max stamina and then two lines of weapon damage. Uh, and then when you deal damage with an execute ability, you deal an extra uh, 9,660 with no CP uh, over six seconds. Uh, that's a uh, poison damage. Uh, so as of Sto Stonethorn, they buff this so that it will deal up to 100% additional damage uh, on targets based on their missing health. So starting at 100% health, as soon as they start losing health, uh, this proc will start dealing more and more and more damage as they lose health. Uh, and so what you do uh, is you activate this uh, with Poison Injection. We'll talk about our skill, skill bars here in just a little bit, but one of the skills we're using is Poison Injection, which is an execute ability and it's also a damage over time ability so it's basically made for this set. Uh, you can tag somebody with poison injection and since it's an execute ability it immediately procs uh, this set uh, and then since it's a damage over time ability as soon as the sheer venom proc ends uh, the poison injection dot will tick again and then it automatically refreshes sheer venom without you even having to think about it. Um, and they're both, um, they're both executes, right? Sheer Venom deals execute damage and Poison Ejection deals execute damage. And so as your uh, target is losing health, both of these things are dealing more and more and more damage. Uh, so it's like they get, they get kind of caught in this pit that they have a really difficult time climbing out of. Uh, our other five-piece set is Poisonous Serpent. This one comes from the Hellra Citadel 12-player uh, trial. Um, if, uh, if you don't want to grind a trial or if you're having a hard time finding a group to do a trial with, uh, a good alternative to this set is the Swamp Raider set, which is an overland set. You can just uh, buy that at a guild trader. Uh, but I do think Poisonous Serpent is a little bit better uh, if you can get a hold of it. Um, so it gives you uh, stamina, weapon damage, and then another line of stamina. Uh, and then what it does is against enemies who have uh, a poison ability on them, um, your light attacks and your heavy attacks deal an extra 4,300 poison damage, uh, and that has a two-second cooldown. So uh, again, this set is activated by Poison Injection, the same ability that activates our other five-piece set, Sheer Venom, also activates this set. Um, so we tag someone with Poison Injection, and then at that, from that point forward, um, basically all of our light attack weaves are going to be dealing this extra burst of poison damage. Um, so, or not all of our light attack weaves, every other light attack weave, basically. Uh, and then on top of all of that, we also have the Black Rose Prison Bow. Uh, so this one comes from uh, the Black Rose Prison. Obviously, you can uh, farm this on normal or vet. I just did it on normal. This weapon causes your Magnum Shot to apply a really strong poison dot. It deals 65% of your Magnum Shot's damage uh, every two seconds as poison damage. And so this is very, very strong because it's a really strong dot tied to a really powerful stun. Uh, and on top of all the other dots and abilities that we're throwing at them, you know, by the time they break the CC uh, and stand up to, to retaliate, it's it's often already too late. They've already taken too much damage and they have all these execute multipliers and they, they just can't recover. Something else that I think is important to, to focus on is the fact that this Black Rose Prison Bow is infused uh, and it has a poison glyph on it. Um, so on an infused weapon, uh, this poison damage glyph deals 3600 damage. Uh, and if we compare that to our Poisonous Serpent 5-piece set, that deals 4,300 damage, so not much less uh, than our 5-piece set. Uh, and on an infused weapon, these glyphs have a 2-second cooldown, just like our Poisonous Serpent set. Uh, and the thing is, our Poisonous Serpent set, that's a proc set. Proc sets cannot crit, but glyphs can crit. So this actually, overall, deals more damage. 
than our entire Poisonous Serpent five-piece set, just with this one little glyph. And on the back bar, we're using a Potentate's two-hander. Uh, the weapon type, it doesn't matter at all. It can be a maul or a sword or whatever, it doesn't matter. Uh, it's just a defensive bar. We have no offense on this bar. Um, Potentate's, uh, the, the two-piece bonus gives us an extra 3% damage mitigation, which isn't a lot, but it stacks with other uh, damage mitigation that we have in this build that we'll, we'll talk about here in a little bit. So uh, all together, it does add up to quite a bit. So speaking of which, let's get into the skills. We'll talk about the skill bars here. So on the front bar, uh, for our main spammable, we're using Venom Skull. This is a, a ranged spammable and it deals poison damage, so it fits our theme of dealing uh, all poison damage. And it's pretty bursty. It gives uh, an extra 20% damage every third cast. Uh, and with this morph, Blast Bones counts towards that third cast. So we're actually getting that extra 20% damage quite a bit of the time. Uh, of course, we have Poison Injection, by far the most important skill in this entire build, mainly because it activates both of our five-piece armor sets, um, and it's an execute ability. So um, whenever you know we're using our spammable, when our targets have a normal amount of health, and then when they get down around like 30% health or so, I switch to Poison Injection as my spammable instead. We're also using Magnum Shot. This is another very important ability. This is our main stun ability. Um, and uh, since we're using the Black Rose Prison Bow, it also causes that ability to deal a ton of poison damage as well. Um, so uh, definitely a, major, a very important part of our combo, and we'll go over that combo here in just a little bit. And of course we have Blast Bones. This is our main burst attack. Uh, the tooltip on this ability isn't very huge because we're not really specced into weapon damage. Uh, but we're, not, we're really not worried about the amount of damage this deals. The main reason we're using it, of course, is the guaranteed permanent major defile uh, and, and potentially minor defile, right, because it deals disease damage. So we're potentially giving our enemies a 45% healing reduction and a guaranteed 30%. Uh, and once we factor in all of our execute damage and all that stuff uh, and they have a guaranteed major defile, they're, they're, they have an extremely hard time climbing out of that hole. and they're. They're, they're basically guaranteed to die. If they get in that execute range, they're not getting out. I'm also using Shuffle and mainly using this uh, for snare removal just so I can stay mobile. Uh, this isn't really a buff that I try to keep up at all times. I just kind of use it as needed because uh, I think if I try to keep this up at all times, it's just a little bit too much uh, to juggle for the build to feel comfortable. So I just cast this if I'm rooted uh, or if I'm being snared or something like that. Uh, otherwise, I just kind of let it hang out. Uh, and then for my main offensive ultimate, I'm using uh, the Bow Ultimate Ballista. Uh, this is one of the few ults that makes sense on any kind of ranged stamina build. Um, so uh, it's kind of one of the few options that you have. Uh, I did try the Colossus, but honestly, I get way, way more kills with this ability. People see the Colossus coming from a mile away if they've done PvP for 20 minutes, you know. So uh, I feel like I hardly ever get kills with the Colossus. Uh, but if I can cast Ballista on someone, then CC them with Magnum Shot, and they can take at least a couple of hits from this Ballista, it's it's going to be a lights out guaranteed. Especially with all the other stuff we've been talking about, all the other damage, the Execute Multipliers, uh, the Defiles, all of that, you're going to get way more kills out of Ballista. Uh, on the back bar, I'm using the Spirit Guardian. Uh, there are lots of good reasons to use this ability. It's a fairly strong heal over time, even on a stamina build. Uh, it absorbs 10% of our damage, right? And that, that's on top of the Potentate's uh, sword that we're using. Uh, it also serves as a body block, so it can absorb 100% of your damage potentially. Uh, and it activates our Undead Confederate passive for an extra 200 uh, stamina and magic recovery. Really, really great ability. 
Uh, Mortal Coil, this ability is free to cast. It tethers nearby bodies for a really strong heal over time and it gives you a ton of stamina return. Uh, this ability is really the magic ingredient that makes our uh, sustain pretty much feel endless. Uh, always keep an eye out for bodies on the ground and of course some of our abilities are generating corpses as well. Anytime you see that little glowing greenish blue light, be sure and cast your mortal, mortal coil uh, to get that going. Um, the, the heal over time is really really strong. Uh, it really adds a lot to your survivability. But really, that stamina return, uh, you're going to notice a huge difference uh, when this is running versus when it's not running. And the, the heal over time can also apply to your allies. If they're standing uh, inside of that beam, then they get that heal as well. So you can provide a little bit of support that way. Uh, and you get a 3% extra healing done while slotted. And that's on top of the 9% that we're getting from the powered trait on our two-hander, right? So we're getting 12% total bonus healing on our back bar. Summoner's Armor, this is just a major armor buff, nothing exciting, but very important, you gotta have it. Uh, Rally is where we get our major damage buff, uh, it's also uh, our, a big burst heal whenever it expires or whenever you recast it, so make sure you're keeping this active at all times. Uh, and then Vigor, uh, this is our main burst and it's like a hybrid burst and heal over time. Uh, so in Emergency, what I do is I cast Vigor, then cast Rally to get that big burst heal on top of the Vigor heal over time. Uh, also, uh, try to use Vigor preemptively. If you see an ult dump coming or you're anticipating a lot of damage coming your way, cast Vigor ahead of time so that you can stay healed through that uh, rather than trying to heal up after taking the damage. Uh, and then for our um, defensive ultimate, we're using Temporal Guard from the Sigic Order. The main reason I'm using this is so that we have that, uh, that minor protection on the back bar for extra 8% damage mitigation. Uh, that's on top of the 10% mitigation we get from our Mender and the 3% we get from Potentates. So total, that's a 21% damage mitigation on our back bar. Uh, and you think of what's a really popular mythic item, especially in no CP right now, the Malakath Band of Brutality, right? Uh, so that increases players' damage against you by 25%, but on your back bar, they're only dealing 4% extra damage against you and they can't crit. So. Uh, you actually have a really, really good amount of damage mitigation on the back bar for that reason alone. Uh, and the active component to this is a really good, uh, a really good ability as well. Uh, it's a very cheap, uh, it's a very cheap cost for a defensive ultimate, which is really nice because it'll be, it'll be up when you need it a lot of the time. Uh, and when you learn how to use it right, you can really juke people, and it's really, really satisfying uh, to pull it off. Uh, and it's, it seems like the, it's been fixed. There was a, a time where it was really unreliable and, and difficult to use, but it seems pretty reliable these days. Uh, most of the time when I use it, I'm, I'm able to get out of a jam. So for the offensive strategy, uh, it's pretty simple, really. So first of all, you need to, uh, like I said earlier, you need to make sure that you're always light attack weaving. Very, very important. You're going to be missing out on a ton of damage if you're not light attack weaving. Uh, and then first thing, hit your enemy with Poison Injection. And I don't really even think of this as part of the combo. Uh, I think of Poison Injection as like a debuff that I hit my enemy with before I start my combo. Uh, so hit them with Poison Injection, then summon Blast Bones, CC them with Magnum Shot, and then spam Venom Skull until Blast Bones lands. Uh, and then just start over with Blast Bones and do the exact same thing. Blast Bones, uh, Magnum Shot, spam Venom Skull until Blast Bones lands. Uh, and then just reapply uh, poison injection whenever that falls off, and that's basically it. Um, I do apply, I do magnum shot every single time, um, even though your enemy is going to be on CC immunity basically every other rotation. 
but since we're using the Black Rose Prison bow, uh, and it can potentially, depending on the distance you are from your enemy, that, that can potentially only be a four second duration. Um, so just, just to make sure I have the maximum uptime on the Black Rose Prison bow, and just to simplify the rotation so I don't really have to think about it, it's just the same thing every time. Uh, I just do it every single time. Blast Bones, Magnum Shot, Venom Skull, in that order every time. It works really well. And I think that's the end of my Stamina Necromancer non-CP PvP bow build. I hope you've enjoyed it. If you have any questions, you can email me at ketsparrowhawk at gmail.com or you can just leave a comment on the video. I, I will always remember this build as the build that literally put my Stamplar into hiding for several weeks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was just I, I frightened you with this build. just terrifying to see it in action it's just so much stuff coming at you and there's you know it's so speedy it roll dodges so much it has the 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 body blocks with the the pets uh and you know uh it's it's underrated how blast bones can work as a body block yeah um, it's true and so with blast bones out there and the spirit mender um, and like you, you know, you always say this—it's—it's it's secretly tankier than you think it. This build's going to be. It's—it's—it's mm -hmm. um, it's, it's a very, very good combination. And like you said, in Stonethorn right now, this this guy is—he's nasty. Yeah, yeah, that's why I, I, I describe him as a child of Stonethorn because he's like <laughs> absolutely just fully taking advantage of all the things the current meta has to offer. It's a lot of poison and disease hitting you. Mm -hmm. Um, so emails, no emails this week, but if you'd like to send us an email, you can email us at scrollinpodcast at gmail.com. That's scrolling with an I-N, scrollinpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, feel free to ask us any questions or just say hello, tell us a funny joke, really whatever you want, as long as you're friendly about it. Um, we have a guild called Stoons Goons. We still have plenty of spots open if anyone would like to join uh, again, you can email us uh, or you can hit us up in game. Uh, I'm at Ketsborohawk. Davius is at Star Jumper. Uh, the guild is mostly PvP focused, but we do all kinds of stuff: dungeons, PVE, memes, memes, <laughs> a lot of memes. <laughs> um, uh, but most, I guess, it's really a more of a social guild than anything. Um, yeah, we're we're up we're we're usually up for anything. If somebody in the guild is up for running something or grouping up, we'll. We'll, we'll find a way to do it. Yeah, totally. Um, so yeah, I guess that's pretty much an episode. Do you have anything you wanted to say before we go? Um, just, you know, encourage people that uh, when you do join, you do get to be a premier member for Goon Night. Uh, <laughs> so join up and, and be a part of the legendary Goon Nights. Yep, Friday nights are Goon Nights where we go to Imperial City, and that's I guess really that's what our guild is. is It's just centered around that one thing that we do each week. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that's going to do it for episode number 30. Hope you've enjoyed it. We will catch you next time. See you later.